Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. If there is one thing I love, it is reading your reviews. This week, Brie wrote, I love listening to the Radiant Podcast. It's so nice hearing Kelsey and her guests talk about business and life. Every episode leaves me feeling inspired. Guys, it's stuff like that that makes my day, but it's not that it just makes my day. It also helps get the Radiant Podcast discovered by new listeners. And we always want to invite more people to the party and really inspire and empower more women by getting these interviews into their hands. So if you wouldn't mind taking a minute to head on over in the iTunes store in the podcast app. It takes 30 seconds, leave a review, and it really helps A, for me to get feedback from what you guys love about the Radiant Podcast and B, for this to be discovered by more people. Also, I love seeing over on Instagram who's listening. So be sure to screenshot the episode you're loving and tag me in your Instagram stories. And then I'll be sure to reshare that along with tagging you and the guest in my stories because it really helps spread the word and it makes me so happy to see who's listening. So before you get started, maybe you need to press pause and go do that right now or after this episode, leave a review and then tag myself and the guest in your stories and I can't wait to see who's listening. You guys, I am so excited for our conversation today. I have my friend and creative genius, Morgan Harper Nichols, joining me, and she is the real deal, y'all. Morgan is an artist and designer who specializes in capturing people's stories. Her song Storyteller has garnered over 1 million Spotify plays, and her self-published book of poetry by the same title is a number one Amazon bestseller. Morgan lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Patrick, and has made her life's work all about creating. Morgan began her career as a college admissions counselor in 2010, months after graduating with her bachelor's degree. In 2012, she transitioned into a full-time touring musician. While on the road, she found herself writing poetry and prose late at night on the tour bus after shows. She would write for certain people that came to her mind. However, she would rarely share any of it. When a blog post that she wrote for a group of young women she knew was pinned on Pinterest more than 200,000 times, 200,000 y'all, she began to explore the many ways that a message could spread beyond what she thought possible. And she has been creating for others full-time ever since. Morgan now works as a writer, designer, and travels as a speaker and performer full-time. Y'all, Morgan is one of those people that I immediately connected with and was able to have a conversation about creativity that's rare. So I can't wait for y'all to hear it. You better believe we will be collaborating in the future. So maybe we'll have her as a guest at a Radiant Retreat. I don't know, but just expect to see more partnerships together. She is the mastermind behind the Radiant Manifesto, which you can find over on my website, and is a true creative genius. So I can't wait for you to hear our conversation without further ado let's dive in hey morgan hello it is so good to have you i have been such a fan girl for so long and i recently got to work with you on a radiant manifesto and i 
think I cried the day you emailed me back. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, Seriously. Well, I'm so glad to be here. I, I, we were just chatting right before. I was like, I feel like I know you. And we've, we've been talking via email and everything. And so, you know, just what I knew about what you were doing with Radiant and just being able to be a part of this now, it's just really exciting. So glad to be here. Well, it is an honor to have you here and I'm so excited for you to join us today. I would love for you to start. I'm sure a lot of my listeners already know exactly who you are, but I would love for you to start by kind of sharing a little a little bit about you, your story, how you got to where you are, what you're doing. Tell us everything. Oh, yes. Well, my name is Morgan Harper Nichols and I'm originally from the Atlanta, Georgia area. I currently live in Los Angeles, California. And I grew up as a homeschool preacher's kid. I have one sister, um, super creative, musical family, um, which I'm super grateful for to this day. But um, one of the harder, harder parts of growing up, but it ended up being beneficial later on, was that I was definitely an outsider a lot as a kid. Um, I have a sister who's two years younger than me who dealt with um, having Tourette syndrome and just there wasn't a lot of education about it so there were kids who were just like we don't want to hang out with you guys you're kind of weird and you know we were bullied and we didn't know it was bullied back then but now when we look back on it we're like whoa we were definitely bullied Um, but one thing that that did for us as sisters is it brought us close to closer together and we started playing music and um, we taught ourselves how to I taught myself how to play guitar she taught herself how to play drums and we just started playing music and we started playing at our church and at local coffee shops and um, it was it was really out of my comfort zone but at the same same time it was just very very healing to be able to share and be creative in that way so I started writing poems and my mom who's also very creative was like well you should take your poems and turn them into songs and I was like mom people don't do that like <laughs> that's crazy um, but she was like no I'm gonna make it an assignment you have to do it so my mom was actually a huge part of me starting to share what I was writing and what I was making with the world um, because she made me have this assignment where I had to write a song. So I wrote one song and it was, um, she was like, oh, that's really good. But I was like, you're my mom. So, you know, (laughs) I'm sure you think it's good. But um, we ended up starting to play at like local coffee shops like my mom would set all of this stuff up and um people were like wow like do you have other songs like where can we find your stuff do you have an album I'm like no um (laughs) this is like teenage me I was just super I think I think looking back on it now I think I just doubted myself a lot um I I don't think that I really believed that I had something to share that people would be interested in and creativity was just an outlet for me So when I was starting to share it with the world, it was this weird thing of like, wow, like if people don't like it, then what does that say about me? Like, what does that say about this thing that that means so much to me that I've spent all of this time creating? Um, But what ended up happening was people were positively receptive of it. And people were like, hey, we want to hear you sing again. We want to hear your music. So this was when I was about, I would say, 14 or 15 when it started. And this led to just playing more and being a part of more events. Um, but then I got to college and I was still doing music, but I was like, 
yeah, this is kind of my speed because I'm a book nerd and I would just like spend time in the library. Like I was one of those college students. Like I love my professors. (laughs) Like I love the lectures and I would just sit there and just take notes and write and read. I was like, yeah, this is kind of the world I want to be in. And I was like, maybe I'll be creative, you know, somewhere on the side and I'll just do it as a creative outlet. So that was kind of my goal. And I started writing, um, well, rewriting. I done this as a child, but I started writing poetry again and short stories and doing photography. And I would just put them up on blogs on the internet. Sometimes I put my name on it. Sometimes I wouldn't, but I wouldn't really tell very many people about it. (laughs) Um, It was just sort of like, okay, I'm putting it out there in the world. And this ended up, and, and while this is happening, like social media is starting to happen as well. So what started happening was like strangers were starting to find my work on the internet. And I was like, well, this is kind of funny. Like people I don't even know are like reading my poems and looking at my photographs. And I I would say thanks, but I didn't really know what that meant. It it was still just a weird thing for me um, because I, I always thought this was just, I was like, these are all the things that I feel like I never got to say during the day. These are the words that are inside of me that I wish I could share with other people, but I don't know how. So when other people who I did not even know were saying, wow, I connect with this. Thank you for sharing it. It w- it took about four or five years for me to wake up and realize, oh, wait, this is what writers do. This is what creatives do. Like they put things out there and the people who are interested in them, they connect with them and you can write a book, you can do all these things. So it definitely took a while for me to get there. But the big sort of turning point for me was when I was graduating from college, I met my husband in college. Um, I started working as an admission counselor at the school that I graduated from. And he was still in school and working in retail. And um, we bought a house and I was like, yeah, this is life. This is great. You know, I was content with where I was. And a big turning point was actually with my sister who Unlike me, when I would share my things online, I wouldn't really tell anyone. She would share things online and she would tell everyone. And she's just <laughs> just totally different personality. She's just funny, outgoing. And she would do these like um, sketches, like her first like big sketch. I mean, it was big sketch for, you know, early YouTube days, not like the numbers you see today, but it was called I Escaped from Homeschool. And it was this satirical, (laughs) like on this really like low quality camera that we had lying around the house. Like she acted as this homeschooler who was leaving the house for the first time. And she would just do all of this silly stuff um, and just put it on the internet. And it ended up leading to like her being part of a TV show and her um, being a part of like girl conferences and tours and she ended up getting a a song that she wrote like on radio it got nominated for a grammy when she was 19 so all of this was happening while i was working a day job and i was like you know maybe that's just not me i'm not outgoing like that that's just not something i don't think i don't think that's something i'm called to and i was really surprised (laughs) when um i had the opportunity to go out on the road with my sister and travel with her. Me and my husband decided that we were just going to go. She didn't have a team. So we, we left our day jobs and we just went on the road. And I started being really surprised that even though I never saw myself as this 
extroverted person who could be on stage and command a crowd or all of these things that there was still a place for me to be creative in songwriting. And that's one thing I started doing. And one thing led to another from there. And essentially that's, that was a huge part of the turning point for me from going from just writing for myself and doing things privately. When these things started happening for my sister, I sort of like hopped on just out of curiosity and just wanting to support my sister. And in that I started to find songwriting and blogging and slowly but surely I began to share more of my story and more of my art with the world. Wow. That is amazing. So it was from her, you know, tour that really propelled you forward from there. Did you go back to a day job? Did you, what? Um, and if I got anything yeah. wrong there, you know, Oh no, no, no. you're great. Correct me. Um, did you go back to a day job? Have you been creating ever since? What has your creative journey been like? Well, I spent the past five years, um, on the road. <laughs> uh, my wow. husband, he became a tour manager and I ended up, you know, I was traveling with my sister and because I sing and play guitar as well, I, I, start, I started playing with her and then we started writing songs together. And then before you know, it, I was recording an album <laughs> and doing a lot of the same things. So yeah, I've actually, um, up until last year, I have pretty much been on the road every single weekend all throughout the year for about five years, um, just wow. up and down the country, all across the U.S., everything from festivals, churches, conferences, um, all sorts of events, and um, just being a part of a lot of different music things. And um, it's it's been a joy. Like, I learned so much from that experience. It definitely got me out of my shell, just being someone who's more naturally introverted. Um, but after five years of that, you know, me and my husband were just looking and we just started praying and we were like, you know, maybe, maybe we can take a season to just sort of find a way to not always be on the road. So, um, that's what we did when we ended up moving to Los Angeles. And, um, yeah, so he actually ended up going back into, uh, the workforce and works, uh, for a design company and I'm full-time writing things and making things and I do still travel and do music. So. Yeah, <laughs> that is amazing. So, you know, releasing art into the world is an incredibly vulnerable process. And you, you know, especially you telling me before we chatted that you're a five, what was it like stepping into, you know, kind yeah. of being forced <laughs> into the spotlight? And how has that influenced, you know, how you release things now? I think a lot of our listeners um, are creative in some sense or not. Well, I think everyone's creative, but, um, you know, are toying with the idea of like, it's so vulnerable to release it and I'm scared mm. and maybe I'm an introvert and this is awkward. Yeah. Uh, can you speak to that? And I, I mean, I think obviously one thing to shed light on too is it gets better mm. every time, yeah. but I would love for you to kind of talk about that. Yes, for sure. Um, when all of these things started happening in my sister's career, which I was super excited about, like people would ask me like, are you jealous? I'm like, no, I'm like, that's her. Like, <laughs> I was like, you know, it's, it's just, you know how sometimes they're just, when you see like people you care about, when you see them like in their element doing things that they love, like that's how I felt when I watched her. I was like, this is what, you know, after everything she's been through with Tourette's, I was like, she's telling her story. Like I was really happy for her and I still am. Um, but for me, I've, I found, and I'm still learning till this day is like when it comes to sharing your voice and it comes to sharing, um, you know, what it is that you create and want to share with the world, 
it's okay if you ease your way into it. Um, I think that a lot of times there's a pressure to just like, okay, I have this idea. So it's got to be figured out from the get go. And let me just put it out there. And let me have this perfectly polished website and brand and logo and all of that. And I think that's ideal. And I would love for it to have worked out for me that way. <laughs> but it just did it. It was a it was a day by day, slowly, like starting with okay, maybe I could share a little bit of my photography on, on Flickr. Maybe I could share this blog post that I wrote on Blogger and slowly getting it out there and just being consistent and being consistent in, in my willingness to at least try to push myself out of my comfort zone step by step. Um, that That's just been my journey. And, and that's what I learned from that experience of, of, you know, it's like I may not be able to stand on stage and comfortably command the audience, you know, command the attention of an audience. Um, but that doesn't mean that I can't be a creative. That doesn't mean that I can't, that I don't have a voice or that my voice doesn't matter. So I will say it's been a, it's, it's been a journey and it's still a journey learning that, um, and, and being okay with the process because we're all going to go at a different pace and that's okay. And, and a huge part of this for me, is just learning to accept that and learning to embrace how I learn. And I learn from observation and gathering information, being an Enneagram five. Like I just, I want to just take it all in first and learn it and figure it out and then execute. And that's okay. There's a place for that. So I'm, I'm still actively learning how to operate from the way I learn, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, you know, a conversation I've been having a lot lately is we have ads that are perfectly targeted to, to us to tell us how to do all the things to be successful. And it can feel really overwhelming. And from what I hear you saying, it's more about just starting where you are and being consistent mm, yes. than ha releasing something like with every moving part into place first. Because I think if we really wait for that we'll never actually start yeah and and one other part like a little more detailed like I guess practical part of that too that I've learned is that start with the thing that you can do every day I think for instance like I'll take video for instance that's a huge part of a brand like if you google how to have a brand or how to start a brand like you're gonna see like oh have videos people love videos but for me I found that that the amount of energy it took for me to make a video I could write five poems or five like written things that and and still be able to share that with the world. And then I, as I went on, I started adding all these other parts. That makes sense. So yes. it's like finding that thing. Like if photography is really your thing, it's like, well, I'm going to start, you know, April 1st. I'm going to share a photo that I took every single day for 30 days and tell why I took it and what inspires me about it. And for somebody else, it may be, well, I think in I think in written word or I think in spoken word and just finding that thing and starting with that, that was huge for me. And once I started realizing, whoa, I'm a writer, I think in words first, I was able to actually do more because I found something that I actually felt comfortable, you know, with sharing. And it didn't it didn't overwhelm me because it at least was something that I was passionate about. Yeah, I I love everything you just said. Um, one thing that I kind of a topic I've really been exploring this year is working from alignment and what mm. is life giving to do. And like you said, if you can produce five poems in the amount of time and energy, because some things are life giving and some things are life sucking, and sometimes yeah, that's exactly. Just, 
Yeah, and sometimes that's just seasonal. Like you might love video now and didn't love it a year ago, yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, 100%. But I, I really went into 2018 committed to eliminating life-sucking tasks, even if they're great or working for someone else and mm. really working with what is life-giving because I think the most fruit comes out of that. Oh, yes, 100%. And for me, when I started writing more, I realized I was like, yes, these are, I was like, this is life giving. Like, I feel like this is a place where I can understand and process my thoughts and feelings. And um, once I started with that, then I, I actually realized that I felt free to explore some of the other things that were perhaps more out of my comfort zone, if that makes sense. So yes. like now I, I try to make it a practice of, of every morning I, I try to write no matter what I have to do for the day. There's some days where I have to catch like a 5 a.m. flight, um, but I'll try my hardest to at least just write half a paragraph of something just so I can say like, hey, you know what? I, I can make that time to do that thing that really does fuel me and give me energy and give me drive for the day. And for some people that's going to the gym. That's not it for me. <laughs> I, I really try to make that it for me, but it's not Me too. Either. It's like, I, I'll go, but I don't consider it like, I've never been like, oh, I have to do this. So it's like, definitely not like life giving. Exactly. Yeah. It's more you know like, they, I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know how they talk about like type two fun when it comes to oh, hiking? Yes. Like, you like the memory afterwards. That's what the gym is for Oh, me. yes. Yes. I totally agree with that. <laughs> um, so one thing kind of that in your story that sounded at least familiar to me, um, so correct me if I'm wrong, is some people, you know, hit success quickly. And some people, I, I, my mentor, one of my mentors kind of describes it as, you know, some people take the elevator, some people take the stairs. Mm, and yeah. it sounds like you're saying like, it took some time for you to step into the fullness of what people see now. And same for me. Mm. Now, obviously we're 28. People might look at us and think we took the elevator, yeah. but from <laughs> behind the scenes, it feels like the stairs. Exactly. What would you say to that? Oh, I absolutely love that, that just picturing that imagery. It's, it's totally relevant for me. Um, I've always felt that I moved at a slower pace <laughs> than a lot of other people my age. Um, like you said, even though, I mean, we're still so young, it's, it's, but it doesn't matter what age you are. Like you can look around and find somebody who seems to be moving much faster than you. And I always seem to find those people and think like, whoa, I can't, move as quickly as them or, you know, I'm not achieving as much, um, as they have achieved and they're only two days older than me or two days younger than me or whatever it is. And, um, I've just learned how to see, I'm like, wow, but if I did not take the time, if I did not go at the pace that I did, would I have learned all the things that brought me here today? And that's just a question that I've, I've had to face a lot even recently because, you know, there sometimes doubt, well, not sometimes doubt does creep in and, you know, it's, it's like, wow, like, did I mess up? Like, should we have done this this way or done this that way? And, you know, that could be anything in your life. Um, but I, I've just realized I'm like, you know what, these are, like you said, they're like stairs and I'm, I'm climbing them and I'm learning with every single step. So one thing I've been doing now is like, even looking back on some of my college 
college days, like where I would, like, I used to just like take random classes, like just for fun. <laughs> um, and I would just like, and I, I transferred schools, I think four times, like wow. just ridiculous. And, <laughs> um, there was a time in my life where I was ashamed of that. I was like, wow, like, look how indecisive you look. Like you can't figure out what it is you want to do. But when I look back on that, I was like, wow, the semester that I spent at community college was a semester that I met the first person that ever that I knew that was a, he was a professor and he was a poet and he was the one that encouraged me to publish my poetry. So it's like, it, it's so easy to think, Oh, why would you want to talk about, you know, especially if you're in college right now, like some people are, don't want to be at community college and, you know, especially if your friends are going to bigger schools and you have to go to the small school, but just think about it. Like, look around, like there's something you're learning there on that stair that you're standing on. That's going to help you get to that next place. Yeah. I, I mean that everything you just said there, sometimes what feels like a detour is actually a stepping stone to your destiny. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm learning that daily. <laughs> oh girl, me yes. too. And that's one thing that I love about, um, journaling. Like I'm really into journaling is, uh, recently I ended up, I don't even know how I lost track. I lost track of an entire box of journals and notebooks from my college days and some kind of way when my, cause my whole family moved from the East coast out to California and my ended ended up with my parents' stuff, and it was recently refound. So I found all these old journals from um, college that I had just like not finished, and I was reading through it, and there were just so many ideas and like little things that I would just write down, and I can look at some of the dates in that journal. I was like, wow, I wrote that when I was sitting in that class that I wasn't even sure I was going to pass, and I didn't want to be there, but yet there's something here of value. So, you know, it takes time to sometimes to like go back and look at all those things. But, you know, that's something I'm learning a lot. It's like I, if I go back and actually look, like you said, like these things are stepping stones. Like they're not even those boring moments in class, you know, <laughs> there are things that can come out of that. It, it's amazing to look back and look at what felt like really long seasons and realize, whoa, but I needed that to be, to to live (laughs) in the fullness of what I actually want to live in. You know, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, whether it is a musician or a poet, maybe you aspire to, or someone of great influence for me, I know that I do want to have tremendous influence and I want to do it the the way I want to do it. It's not necessarily the right way, but I look at Tony Robbins and I'm like, I don't want to mm-hmm. sleep four hours a night. I think yeah. his influence is incredible, but that's <laughs> yeah. not my life. That's not what yes. I want. Mm-hmm. So if, if I create a different lifestyle and it takes me longer to get there, that's okay with me. But some days when I'm comparing myself, it doesn't feel okay to me. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And I think if, if you're, if and this is like so much easier said than done, but I think if, if I, I'll just say I, I, if I think if I can get to a place where I'm not trying to be, and I think I'm getting better with it, I'm not trying to be what someone else says is a successful, you know, 20 something or whatever. And I'm doing what I feel I'm called to do and what makes sense for me and my personality and my story, then the journey does become more interesting. Um, I think it's, I think it's a lot of times when we're trying to like striving to be, to have a journey that looks like someone else's, that's where it becomes even more exhausting. Like the journey is going to be exhausting either way, 
But at, at least if you get to do something within your journey where you're like, you know what? But I was able to get $20 together this month to go to Hobby Lobby and buy some paint and <laughs> paint a canvas because that's something that I love. And that's just just those little sweet moments on the journey. I think you can really make it worth it. And for me, that's been writing. And, and, I, and I'm so grateful for that because that's something I can do anywhere. I can have a journal and, an op- and a pen anywhere. So I'm super grateful for that because it does get hard having to wait or having things that you worked really hard for not go according to plan. But if you can go through that and, and continue to find those moments, it's like, but with all that said, I can still write. I can still give and do the things that I feel like I'm passionate about. It makes a difference. I, I love it. I am so glad we're having this conversation because I think our listeners are really going to relate. Um, tell us about the fine dance between marketing your creative abilities and just making art because, Ooh, you know, I know we have a lot of creatives and it can feel like we're selling out in when we're marketing our work. Um, but the reality is, is in order for us to have time and space to work, we have to make money. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do we do this and how do we do it well? Um, how do you keep um, all the strategies from getting into your to your head? Do you slip in and out of seasons of gotta do all the things to wait, I'm just gonna scale back and create? Like what's your process mm. or thoughts towards that? Yes, yes. Well. Since I left my day job, sort of, you know, what paid the bill for, I can't say bills, (laughs) what paid the bills for me was being on the road and playing shows. And then that transitioned into when I became a songwriter and I had the opportunity to write on a song that went number one on Billboard and Gospel, which was great. But at the same time, with writing songs, you, you get paid with royalties and that fluctuates every single month, (laughs) every single month. So when you said, you know, do you go in and out of, you know, seasons for the longest time? Yes, that was my strategy because some months it was great. Like the check would come in. It's like, okay, great. This can pay the bills for a few months. Sometimes it's like, wow, this might pay half of the light bill. Great. (laughs) So, um, you know, that was definitely kind of the ups and downs of that side of the creative world. Um, But then I started really kind of tinkering with the whole e-commerce world. I was super fascinated by that, just like making t-shirts and and coffee mugs and different things like that. So when I, um, because I, in addition to writing, like I love graphic design and I love art and I love just trying to make things. And um, I will say that that love and passion combined with the rise of e-commerce and platforms like Shopify and Etsy was really great for me because I was able to start to create products and that was helping to pay the bills as well as these royalties were (laughs) constantly fluctuating. So, um, and it was strange because I... I did not have to spend a lot in advertising because I was, by the time I started, which was about three years ago, by the time I started um, making products online, I was starting to share more online as well, to share more of my writing. And I found a thread in that if, if what I'm sharing and you know, the things that we share on social media, that we're not really thinking about marketing. I was like, there is a way though if I focus on what I'm sharing with others, like 
that can be reflecting in my product, if that makes sense. So I think a lot of times there's this pressure of like, okay, when I make a product, it's got to be like this separate professional thing. And of course, it definitely should be professional. But what I was finding was, I was like, wow, I posted this quote or this saying that I said on Twitter and people really resonated with it. That exact quote can go on a coffee mug. That exact quote can go on a t-shirt. So that was sort of just the way I started thinking about it. And that was really transformative for me because then once people did come to my website, um, because you won't get everyone that comes to your website that follows you on social media, but if they do come to your website, a lot of times they are looking for a way to support you. I wanted to make sure when they did come, they saw words that they, that they already knew that they were like, Oh yeah, I love that quote. I would love to have it in my hands. And that's actually a phrase that I use a lot when I released uh, my self-published book of poetry all of those poems, except for I think four or five of them had actually already been published online. And I was just very open. And I said, this book is just so you can hold the poems that you're reading on Instagram in your hand. Um, And that's just the way I do it. And I know everybody has a different way of doing it. um, But it is hard to sell on these platforms because for so many reasons. But um, one thing I found is that if you just happen to be one person reading this and this meant something to you and you want to hold it in your hands, here's a way that you can do that in the form of a t-shirt. Um, or here's a way that you can do that in a, in the form of a coffee mug or a poster. And that's the way I kind of did it on the product end. And then on the service end, in terms of like the workshops that I teach, I give a lot of information for free. Um, but I, I use the same exact model when I'm when I'm charging for a workshop, I say, Hey, if if you would like a more one-on-one intimate version of what I'm sharing here, that's more tailored to you and who you are, then this workshop may be a good fit. So yeah, I I see it as connected and, and it's, it's been working out for me. (laughs) I love that. I love that connectedness is a huge, um, focus of mine this year because it's really Mm -hmm. life giving. And I think that connectedness moves the needle a lot more than one would think, you know, mm-hmm. in a time that yeah. in a in a time of information overload of all the things we should do, when we go back to connectedness with our brands, I think it's the one thing that will never get old. Yeah, that's so true. And on a on a personal level and a professional level, because when you when you're when you can start to see the, the the threads that connect things together, you start to see the story and and it's so important that we know the story of our brand and we know our own story and the story you know of our customers and that. But when we can when we can start to like form naturally, I think that's a really beautiful thing. So that's that's something I'm super passionate about. It's like when when someone reads a quote that I share online, I was like, I want them when they read that quote if they want to have that quote and whether they want it on their phone wallpaper or their actual wall at their house, like, how can I make that possible? Like, how can I keep that narrative going? If that's something that resonates with them? I know I'm about to have the radiant manifesto on the wall at my house. I'm telling you that. Uh, I am so excited. Um, So tell us about your writing workshops, because I know I'll be attending one as soon as you have a live one again. Uh, Tell us more, because I think that sounds incredible. And I think a lot of us need a little bit of coaching and writing. Um, Tell us all the things. 
Oh, of course, of course. I'm super passionate about, um, I, I struggle to say teaching writing. Like, I don't feel like I'm teaching anyone how to write. I think if you know how to write a word on a piece of paper, you know how to write. Um, but I love teaching how to give yourself permission to write for writing's sake and to not have to worry about is this clever? Is this witty? Is it worth writing about? So much of writing is about actually just writing it down. And that's one of those things that I found in my own life and even just the people that I work with is that that's easier said than done. Um, as simple as it sounds, it's, but when you're sitting at your desk or in, you know, at the airport or wherever, and you have a blank journal and you just open it, it's, it's hard to just write. Like, it's hard to just think, what should I say? It doesn't always come naturally. Um, so with the workshops, I just try to create a space where people feel the freedom and to just get those thoughts on paper. So a lot of what I'll do is I'll just share a lot of different ideas. And I say, write down what stands out to you because there's so many different ways that I approach writing, um, you know, because I write professionally. So I don't get to necessarily just sit around and wait to be inspired because I have <laughs> deadlines. So I, but at the same time, I want to be mindful, you know, like I don't want to be like a robot. So I have like these different practices and different things that I'll do, um, where I will just, just to get myself in the mode of writing. So I will just kind of go through a whole list of those and just encourage people to write as I'm going through. And then after that sort of segment is over, that's when we kind of wrap it up with questions and start, you know, connecting the dots and putting the pieces together. So an example of that, um, one thing that I love to use is the, um, um, Joseph Campbell's uh, hero's journey and what that is. And you can Google it if you're listening to this. Like, I don't own this idea. I just think it's incredible. And it's this theory that most stories go through this. Um, it's kind of like the story mountain that you have in like elementary or middle school where you write the story around a mountain. And um, it, it goes through all the different things that happen in a story. So I'll show how you can write, whether it's a journal entry or a poem or an actual story or even copy for your business, how you can write to that story model, um, even in just plain English or, you know, whatever your native language is or just, you know, plain language. And then you can kind of go in there and make it more artistic and different things like that. So I just love sharing with people these, like I'm a huge like methods person. Like I love, <laughs> I love like just like graphing things out and, and, and creating structure. And within that structure, um, you know, just kind of spraying paint on the walls and just seeing what happens. If that makes sense. So. I love that. And yeah. I want to learn from your <laughs> methods. So um, tell us about your latest fill the journal initiative, um, movement, whatever you'd like to call it. I would love for yeah. you to kind of shed light on what you've got going on. Yeah. So earlier I mentioned how I ended up with this box of journals at my house from my college years. And I was reading through some of these journals and so many of them were unfinished. Um, I write every single day. I write a lot every single day. But even then, I have all these journals that are just 
not finished. They're not complete. Like they have 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 pages <laughs> that are just empty. And I was like, you know what? This is one, a lot of wasted paper because one, I, I found this one journal that I had spent way too much money on. And I was like, I cannot believe I never finished this journal. <laughs> so, you know, I started to think, I was like, you know what? It's probably other people out there who have also not finished their journals. So, um, a few weeks ago, I just, it, I, I don't know where it came from. I was like, I'm going to start a challenge on Instagram called hashtag fill the journal. And we're just going to fill our journals together <laughs> and we're going to document the process. So I posted it on my Instagram, not knowing if other people would really connect with it, but I, I did want to make it simple enough in, in case somebody did. And as it turns out, a lot of people connected with it. And a lot of people were just really encouraged to go open those notebooks that they hadn't opened in a while and just write a journal entry or just write some doodles. Like it didn't have to be, it's not like a certain kind of thing that you have to write. It's just writing for writing's sake. And it's just getting those words on paper and seeing what happens next. I love it. I love it. I, um, it's been I a just, lot of fun. I've been having a lot of fun with it and reading everyone's entries. It's, it's been amazing. Yeah. I'm sure that interaction with your audience is also really fun. Oh yeah. It's yeah. And that's one thing that I found a lot of times with, and this isn't like talking about any specific challenge that someone else says it's from my own experience, what I've learned a lot of times when you, you know, cause we know it's important that we engage with our audience. I think sometimes like we can, and I say we meaning me, <laughs> sometimes in the past, I have like made challenges that just had a lot of steps and people can sometimes be really intimidated by that or just forget about them. Um, and they don't mean to, they don't, they don't mean to forget about them, but it's just, there's a lot going on. There are a lot of challenges on social media. There are lots of things. It's like, you know, five day this or 10 day that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, there's a lot of it now. So I was like, I just want to make something that's simple and you can kind of adapt it and make it your own. So I do have like a fill the journal emphasis day, which is on Mondays. And that's where I'll do some type of live stream or, you know, some extended post about it. Like this past week, um, I invited people. I said, come comment on uh, this past Monday. I said, come comment on my post and I'll give you a journal entry to write about. So I was just like making them up off the top of my head. Like I gave this one girl a journal entry to, I said, pick a place in the world that you've always wanted to go that you've never gotten, got to go and go to Google maps and click on street view and walk around the street virtually and write down 20 things that you have that you just think you would like to see when you get there and just talk about why. Like I was just making up these challenges and people were like, oh, I'm going to try this. So how um, many did you back up? Oh man, I don't know. I, I was trying to get to 100, but I ended up oh having to gosh. go run some errands. So I think I That's... got somewhere around 35 or 40. Um, so I'm going to compile them all and put them in a blog post so people can go read through them. And, but these are just the kind of things that just go through my head all day. <laughs> like that I just love this kind of stuff and I, I love sharing it with others. So I'm in this new, I'm in this new season of like, you know what, I'm going to share more. And if people are into it, if there's some other people out there who are just into all this weird, random stuff I'm into, then great. And it's been really cool just to see, wow, there are other people out there who are interested in this, you know, these various creative things that I do. I love it. Wow. I think that is so fantastic. 
Thank you. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, one thing that we've discussed that I would love kind of your input on is you've kind of talked about your dreams evolving. So, you know, are you still songwriting? Are you mainly writing poetry? What are you, how have your dreams evolved over time? And what would you have to say to someone who's listening who, you know, even, even when we went to, to, down the rabbit hole of talking about detours are often stepping stones. Mm -hmm. You know, how have your dreams evolved and how do we make peace with that as creatives? Mm, Yeah, I I love that question. And I think that's such a huge part of it. Um, For me, I am still writing songs. And a lot of my poems actually are, I'm turning them into songs. And I do plan on releasing um, music soon. Um, But I would say it's, it's kind of twofold for me. Um, personally, and I, and I'll, I'll see if I can figure out a way to like explain it <laughs> makes sense. And it's not super long and drawn out, but, um, I think the first part was just looking for those common threads. Um, and just looking for those things that, that have always sort of, that I always come back to, if that makes sense. I know that could be different for everybody, but I, I think it could even be found in something as simple as, you know, what are those songs that you always listen to, you know, or what's that quote from your grandmother that you always remember, or what's that visual of your childhood, you know, that summer, that, that place on, you know, July 8th, 19, whatever year, and you just always remember that day. Why do you think you remember that day? And I think about moments like that, because I'm like, I think so many times, like, in the craziness of this world, there's so many distractions, and there's so many things that, that seem like, oh, well, that might be a cool thing to try. Or, you know, maybe I'm this kind of person or maybe I'm that kind of person. But I think a lot of like who we are and what we can share in the world, like a lot of it has been in us for a long time. It's just a matter of of awakening that and and seeing it in a fresh perspective, if that makes sense. (laughs) So that's that's what I'm I'm, I'm learning with writing because I realized, and it was actually my sister that put it this way. And I was like, you know what? You're right. She was like, I realize because my sister still travels and does music too. And she travels and does that more than I do. And she said, I think I realized, she said, yes, you play guitar and you sing and all of that. But she was like, you actually, she was like, the reason why you share music is, is so you can find a way to share your words. And I was like, that's so true. I was like, everything comes, comes back to words for me. Because when I went to college and I became a music major, all of the words were taken out of it. I was no longer interested. Um, like <laughs> if I hear yeah. a song that I like, the first thing I'm trying to find out are what are the lyrics? What are they singing yeah. about? So I think we all have these little things. And for some people, it might not be words. For some people, it might, it might just be art or it might just be, um, you know, ministry or just might just be these one-on-one moments that you get to have with someone. Um, and you're like, yeah, that's what I live for. Like I, I live for those moments where I can help others. Like, or I live for those moments I can, I can spend in the library and figuring out how to take that with where you are now and how those two things come together. So the way I've done that is like, okay, everything always comes back to writing for me. So how can I bring writing to the forefront of what I'm doing today? So whether I'm doing graphic design or music or writing a poem for someone or whatever it is, I go back and I start with a journal. I start with writing because I know that that is a huge part of the glue of who I am because it's been there all along. And I think it's hard to find that. (laughs) And I think I'm still learning more about that as I get older. And, um, but yeah. 
I I love it. I mean, this conversation has been so inspirational for me. Um, I feel totally energized and recharged. And I think it's important to talk about these things, especially when you, you know, are creative, but you do sell your work. And so I Mm -hmm. think it is just so cool that we've gotten to chat today. I think our listeners are going to walk away probably like more inspired than you know, oh, wow. <laughs> usual for the Radiant Podcast. So I would love for you to share where can they find you? Um, you know, I know that you have your book on Amazon. It was a number one, right? Tell it me, was. Yes. The- so um, my book and I did this with zero dollars in advertising and marketing. Um, my book went to number one in its category, which is inspirational That's poetry amazing. on Amazon. Um, in a matter of hours, I forgot to count the actual amount of hours it took, but, um, it, and it was, it was surprising, but at the same time I spent leading up to that book, I, I spent several months just engaging with people and listening to their stories. And, and I, I will tell people, Hey, I'm working on a book, but I, I would never say like, Oh, are you going to buy it? Are you going to buy it? Like, you know, I need you to pre-order the book before I do something for you. I would never do that. I would just give and I would let people know, hey, I am working on a book. So when it came out, a lot of people were aware of that. And I was super, I say a lot of people, I just mean like, you know, in my, in my network and in my audience. And, um, and I was so grateful for them. It, it really did mean a lot just to see that happen. So yeah, the books on Amazon, you can find, um, it, the easiest way to find it is either searching for, or you can go to my website, um, morganharpernichols.com. That's my uh, handle on all social media, except Twitter and Snapchat where I'm Morgan H. Nichols, but I'm Morgan Harper Nichols. And if you type in Morgan Harper Nichols on Amazon, you'll see a bright yellow book called Storyteller. That's where you yes, can find you it. Yes, you will. Oh, I am so excited. I um, put it in my cart today. I just have to Aww. hit, hit <laughs> well, order. Thank you. I, uh, I oh, like, wow. Oh, I have to have that. Oh, before we go, I have two questions. Yeah. Because I think our listeners will enjoy this. One of your recent posts was mm-hmm. about, um, I loved it, about teaching people that we can have empathy without knowing all the backstories. Can oh, you kind of yes. expand on that for a second? Because... I cannot let this conversation end without you telling me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, on my page, I, a lot of what I write, I actually write directly to people and then I send it to them before I share it with anyone else. And the reason why I do that is just because I think that people are, are a huge part of, of what we do, no matter what we do, like we're doing it to connect with others in one way or another. And for me, because I love to write, I was like, I want to write for people. That's how I communicate. And in doing that, um, I, I invite people to, you know, share their story or they can even just leave like a little heart emoji on one of my posts, or they can email me that or message me that and I'll write something for them. So I get a lot of messages from people where I don't know their story. Um, and sometimes I don't even know what they look like because their profile picture doesn't have their face in it. Um, and I'll still write something for them. And the the mental work and the heart work that it takes to write for somebody that you know nothing about is different than when you know something about them. And what I've learned is that I can make I can't make any assumptions when I don't know anything about someone when I'm writing something for them. I can't assume that they're having a good day or a bad day. I can't assume that they know exactly what's going on in their life or that they're clueless. I can't assume that they're heartbroken. 
Um, sometimes I don't know how old they are. I don't know where they live. I don't know what their gender. I don't know anything about them. And what I found, I was like, wow, that's how we should live life. <laughs> that's how wow. I should live life. I'm like every, that's every single person I walk by. That's every single person that I see on social media who I know nothing about. Um, but we don't have to know something about someone to just take a moment for them. And whether that's through poetry or that's through something that you, if you like to quilt or, you know, whatever it is that you do, or if you're a pilot, it doesn't matter what you do. It's like, we can just the idea, Hey, that there's another person on the other side of this, that a human being with a soul, with a story, that's enough to be inspired and it's hard because it's like so many times, like we live in this culture where it's like so much is like, Oh, what's the story? Like, I want to know, like, what's the big sensational thing that happened? And I think there's a place for that. And stories are very inspiring. My book is called storyteller for that reason. Like I have a song called storyteller for that reason. I'm all about telling our story, but I've been realizing lately, I'm like, but you know what? I know for me, I don't want to rely on knowing someone's story to have empathy for them. I don't want to rely on knowing someone's story to, to really think about their journey and where they might be right now. Wow. I mean, that's a heart check for me too, because mm -hmm. I love knowing people's stories. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Why they are the way they are. Yeah. Because like, yeah. it makes things make sense. Like, especially if you're like talking to someone or you meet someone who's, you know, it's like a complicated or tense relationship. Like sometimes when you find out their backstory, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You know? Oh, yes. You know? <laughs> when I, like I had someone that I met recently that I did not like at first. Mm -hmm. And it's very rare. Like as a seven, life is great. Everything's yeah. happy. It's very rare for me. Yeah. To be like, mm -mm, don't like them. Yeah. And I met someone and I didn't like them mm -hmm. immediately. Yeah. They were really dominant and bulldozing. Yeah. And then I, their story unfolded and I started to see why they were the way they were. And then mm. when I kind of started having compassion because of their story, mm. I really grew to really enjoy that person tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. But man, do I, am I, this is a heart check of, am I capable of having empathy and compassion without knowing all the details? I just yeah. thought I, when I read that, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I've been learning that too. So that was, and, and I worked, I literally that, that captioned where I wrote that, like, I think I'd spent, I spent way too long trying to put that into words because I, I wasn't sure what it was. I was like, why do I feel this way? But eventually I got it into words. So that, that means a lot that that resonated with you as well. Uh, deeply. That was awesome. Okay. And last fun question of the day who's your favorite poet oh my goodness I was I was thinking about this earlier and how I literally changed the answer all the time okay there's give me so five many. that's fine yes well I'll, I'll start with my childhood um um well he wasn't a poet but he has his his rhythms and the way that he writes is very influential in the way that I write. And that's C.S. Lewis. Oh, yes, um, girl. So just hands down, I read everything he's ever written, including essays multiple times. Um, <laughs> like even like when I went to England, like I went to like where he used to write, like it was, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. Oh, yeah. um, and then second, um, the first poet, it will be the modernist poet T.S. Eliot. Um, his work just huge in my life. Um, and then more modern, I would say, um, Mary Oliver. Oh, I, mean, uh, I, I yeah. had a feeling you were going to say her. I love her. Oh, I love her. And, so um, yeah. And then, um, there's another poet who writes from historical perspective named Rita Dove, 
who I adore. Um, so yeah, those are a few favorites. I could go on and on and on. And I'm also inspired by a lot of like, like not poetry as well. Like, um, John Foreman, songwriter, lead singer, Switchfoot. Uh, oh my goodness. Like I can, I can quote anything he's ever written. Um, <laughs> so yes. Did he do that few. seasons trilogy? Oh, not, uh, yes. What's yes. not trilogy? Quadrogy? Whatever yeah. that is. <laughs> yeah. Quartet? I, what Quartet? I, yeah. What can I think of the word either? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love, love, love. Well, you are one of my favorite poets, Mary Oliver. Oh I love Brian Andreas. Oh, um, yeah. I'm going to have to check oh. out some of the ones you listed. I, yeah. Well, I'm so glad you joined me today. This was such a fun conversation for me. And thank you so much, Morgan. And guys, Morgan has written and created the Radiant Manifesto. So you will be seeing that popping up around here soon. Oh, no pressure, but I did, <laughs> I did really enjoy writing that and spending time with that and your mission and your heart. And I just love what you're doing here. And I'm, I can't wait to see what's in store. Thanks Morgan. Well, thank you. <laughs> hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. Cozy up for the holidays with 60% off everything at Banana Republic Factory including soft sweaters, comfy pajamas, must-have gifts, and more from $9.99. Find your nearest store now, only at Banana Republic Factory. Get 50 through 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Plus, shop new doorbusters for the family, including outerwear, jeans, and our Gap logo crew neck sweatshirt. Find it all at Gap Factory or GapFactory.com through December 14th. The final countdown has begun. Whatever you do, don't miss the end-of-year clearance this weekend at Levin's. Save up to 60% on close-out special buys and doorbusters. Plus, get an extra 15% off all sale merchandise and take up to 60 months to pay. Save 308 on our Wilmington Sofa Chase. Now 891 with extra discounts. Plus, get the 100th Anniversary Hybrid Mattress. Now only 398 The final countdown. Now at Levin Furniture and Mattress.